Welcome to the Sales Influence Podcast, where we talk about finding the why in how people buy. I'm your host, Victor Antonio, and today I'm going to do something special. You know, I'm getting a lot of emails, um, you know, via YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes, whatever. I'm getting a lot of questions, and so what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to do a lightning round. By a lightning round, I'm going to try to handle three questions within 10 minutes, because you know I like to keep it to 10 minutes because I know you're busy and you just want me to get to the point. So here we go. Three email questions I received today. Let me go through them, and let's see how we do on these. The first First one is from Olivier Dubois. Olivier Dubois says, Dear Victor, thanks for all your tips. Olivier, you're welcome. I forwarded a lot of the videos to my sales team. Awesome. However, I have a question. I knew you would. Our company is selling imported beers. Ooh, I'm liking this topic already. And some of my sales are some of my salespeople are telling me they can't make a sale with new customers because the customers just started selling other beers from competitors, and they want to see how that goes first before they actually say yes. What sort of answer can you tell these customers? Cheers, Olivier from Thailand. All right, Olivier, and I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. I know I got the Dubois correct, but here's the deal. You want, you're selling beers, love that already. The fact that you're going to, let's say, a, a liquor store, a storefront, you say, hey, take on my beer. Again, what I want you to think about is the real problem. I get back to the basics all the time. I need you, Olivier, to put yourself in the customer's position. Their job as a storefront, as a liquor store, is to sell beer to move items, right? So already they have a lot of products. Now here you come knocking saying, hey, my beer is different. My beer is different. And I believe you. I believe that your beer is different, right? But be that owner for a moment. That owner's thinking, what? How am I going to sell what I already have? Now you want to give me something else to sell? Well, you're just layering more work for me. It's easy for you to sell to me, but now I got to sell this beer. So here's my question to you, Olivier. Why don't we look at this from a different perspective. Instead of going in there and trying to sell them on selling your beer, you got to do that. But instead of taking that approach, sell them the idea of selling your beer, but then layer on top of that how you're going to help them promote the beer. So for example, what can you do to help this liquor store owner promote your beer? What can you do that that the competitor doesn't do to help promote the beer? Because the goal here is to help the liquor store make money. And if you can help them market, if you can help them get their name out there, drive more traffic to their storefront, they're going to want to carry your beer. So Olivier, stop being a salesperson for a moment and be a marketing person. How can you help them sell more beer? How can you promote them in ways that the competitor doesn't promote them? What can you do with your time, with your effort to drive more traffic to that store? If you do that, maybe, maybe the customer says, you know what, you're willing to help me, therefore I'm willing to help you. The rule of reciprocity kicks in. For example, maybe you know, one Saturday you want to have a beer tasting contest or just beer tasting at the event. You'll tell the liquor store owner, said, look, we're going to break drive people here. We're going to set up tables and we're going to have a little taste test. But really, it's about promoting your business, Mr. Customer. See, by taking this approach, you've just shifted from being just another salesperson to a person who wants to help them market their business. And that is what the customer is probably looking for. Again, Your product is just one of many. The question is, how can you be different? Maybe if you help them market, you can be different, Olivier. I hope that answers your question. Question number two in lightning round.
This comes from Jay Blaze. Yes, that's his name, Jay Blaze. He says, this is one I'm sure you would love to answer, Victor. You're so presumptuous, but here we go. When finally conversing with a decision maker of a company over the phone, and they begin to say that they're headed to a meeting, what do you say or what do you do? Is it best to schedule a time to call again, get email information, or try to drag forth the, the conversation in order to stress the urgency? Jay, this is such a great question. Now, let's kind of break this apart a little bit, Jay. You know, you're calling the person up. I don't know how long you've been on the phone with the person, but when somebody tells me they have to go to a meeting, one of the things I want to know, because, well, first of all, I don't know if they're just brushing me off, in other words, you know, get away from me, or they're really interested. I don't know that. So let's say, Jay, that I call you, and you're about to tell me, Victor, I have to rush off into a meeting. Here's what I would say. I would say, Jay, I understand that you have to go to a meeting. Let me ask you just one key question. Based on what I've shown you, are you interested in what we have to offer and not sure, or are you simply not interested? Again, just two options. Are you not interested, or are you interested but not sure? Not interested, interested, but not sure. This is how I would say it again. Jay, I just need to know. Based on what I've shown you so far, are you not interested, or are you interested, but you're just not sure and not ready to make a decision yet, or you need to you know, get more information? And if they say, you know, Victor, we're just not interested. Now, at that point, you can ask why, but they're in a rush. They've already told you, no, I'm not interested. You can try to ask why and keep them on the phone and maybe try to schedule a meeting, right? Say, well, I'd love to sit down with you to find out why you're not interested when I know this product really is a match for your business. He may say, you know, right now we're using somebody else right? We're using somebody else's product, Victor, we're very happy. Then what I would say, if it was my call, I would say, Jay, in business, isn't it always good to have options? Jay would probably say, yeah, Victor, it is. Well, Jay, just consider me an option. Let's go ahead and try to set up a meeting for next Wednesday or Thursday, which would be best for you. And let's just take 10 minutes to go through this. That's if they say not interested. If they say, you know, Victor, I'm interested, but I'm not sure. At this point, you can say, well, what do you suggest the next step should be? And you're hoping to hear, let's set up a meeting. Now, you can approach it two ways. You can suggest, what do you suggest is the next step? Or you can say, well, let's go ahead and set up a meeting. I have Wednesday available or Friday, which works best for you? And he says, Victor, Wednesday works best for me. Send me an email, let's confirm the time. Whatever it may be. But here's the point, Jay. If I have you on the phone and you're telling me you have to go to a meeting, before I waste any more time and effort with you, I'm going to ask you that one key question. Are you not interested or are you interested but not sure? That's the bottom line. I need to know, are you in or out based on what I've shown you? Hope that helps. Let's go to the last question. This comes from Battlefield number four. Battlefield number four. That's it. And his question is pretty straightforward or her question is really straightforward. That person, Battlefield number four, was viewing my price, uh, my video on, can you get a better price? In other words, when somebody asks you, can I get a better price? I say, and I really truly believe this, you should not discount your product unless it's really necessary, unless there is a super compelling reason to discount that product, do not do it. You just devalued your product or your service. So Battlefield Four's question is this, Victor, so what you're saying is we shouldn't put items on sale because it devalues our products. 
That's the question. So we shouldn't put items on sale because it devalues our products. Now, Battlefield, there's two different things we're talking about here. You're talking about putting something on sale. I'm talking about selling something to a customer. So let me split the difference. When I think about putting something on sale, that's me having like a retail store and I want to put something on sale. Now, when I'm selling something, I'm selling the value of it. I know one-on-one -on -one I'm selling the value. I'm not going to discount my product. Now, is there a moment, is there a time that it's okay to put something on sale? Of course there is, Battlefield 4. Of course there is. Look, in the, in the past when I've sold uh, telecommunications equipment, there were certain products that we knew uh, we could almost give away at cost because if they bought that product, we knew we could upsell them or cross-sell them on other products. So again, the world is not about absolutes, should you or should you not. There's always a time to discount. There's always a time to put something on sale. The question is, what is the desired outcome? What do you want? If I put something on sale with the outcome of just selling more, well, again, I'm eroding my profit margins. That's not a long-term sustainable plan. But if I'm putting something on sale with the knowledge then I'm gonna drag more people into my store, get more people to come, more traffic, and then upsell them and cross-sell them so that my average order price is higher, then that is a good outcome. So again, there's a right time to give a discount or put something on sale and a wrong time to do it. The question is, what is the outcome you want battlefield number four? And that is it for this Sales Influence Podcast, my first ever lightning round. Let me know what you guys think of that. So again, I'm trying to answer a lot of these emails. Also, don't forget to leave me some feedback on iTunes, Stitcher, or YouTube. Let me know what you think. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, check out my new online sales training platform called the Sales Mastery Academy. Over 24 courses, 300 plus videos, access to my 12 books on sales and motivation, webinars, and so much more. Listen carefully. I price this. I put a price on it that anyone can afford to get on the platform. So if you're serious about increasing your sales ability, go to salesmasteryacademy.us. That's salesmasteryacademy.us. And lastly, I want to thank you for listening. As always, this is Victor Antonio, always reminding you, let's wait for the drop. Here it comes. Selling ain't hard when you know how. <laughs> Take care. Hi, I'm Victor Antonio. I'm an author, sales trainer, and keynote speaker. I'm often asked, what makes a great speaker? Is it someone who delivers real content that the audience can use? Is it someone who engages the audience so they're part of the learning experience? Or is it someone who can motivate an audience to push them beyond their comfort zone and discover new abilities? The answer is yes. But the most important thing to remember is that I'm not there to look good. I'm there to make my client look good. Simply put, it's never about me and it's always about them.